Welcome to Meet the Musician Calexico at the Apple Store Kurfürstendamm. Please welcome our guest moderator Milena Fessmann. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, you're too early. Okay. So here they are, Joey Burns and John Convertino. Hello. Calexico. It's good to see you, Larissa. We We, we tried it. Yeah, I wanted to give you a real entrance to come yeah. up on stage, but now you're here. Yeah, it's the art of improvisation. That's yeah. as you have it here. We try it a lot. No, I'm just joking. We just so, wanted all the applause, yours and ours. Okay. Yeah. Maybe get another one. Another yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Good job. So it's great to have you here. Um, you had a very busy year working hard for the new album called The Edge of the Sun. So where does the title come from? Well, I think it kind of infers from some of the artwork, which was designed by a good friend of ours from Tucson, Ryan Trait. He also did the, the album art for the last record, Algiers. And um, uh, on the image of, of the album cover, you see what looks like a sun but it's more cool colors, like blues and, and, <laughs> and dark colors. But there's also a very uh, minimal landscape, and in that landscape there's an individual who is kneeling down, who's illuminated from the inside out. And uh, so the edge of the sun could be, well, it could be a lot of different things. But for me, it kind of refers to the path that some of these characters are taking in, in these songs on this record. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, adversity and challenges and uh, there's struggle. Um, but towards the end of the record, especially on the last song of the album, Follow the River, there's a sense of hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, you're reaching back to the edge of the sun. So it was clear from the beginning that this would be, should be the end song <laughs> yeah. to give a bit of a hope. It was the either the beginning or the end and uh, <laughs> depends on which, you know, you're on side A or side B. Okay. So is it difficult to find a title for an album? Because it's, it's the ninth album you did in 25 years. Mm -hmm. So um, does it take a long time? Yeah, it, this one definitely did. Uh, we were kind of uh, hoping to get something from the songs. Actually, the, that's part of the process, you know, and, and the title came right at the very end. You know, a lot of times these songs tell you what they want, and um, in this case, I think the songs really helped us come up with the title. Mm -hmm. So um, I was listening to the album, and the first impression I got, okay, it's a, it's a sort of like a classical Calexico album, but it's different. It's, it has some cinematic parts in it, it also has like spare times, and um, it's, it's even more pop songs to call it like this. Mm. So uh, how was the, the process? When you start working, is it like, okay, do you have an idea? You come together and say, we're doing a new album, we want it to be more pop or whatever, or is it sort of like, sort of like a process? It's most definitely a process, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And um, when we go into the studio, uh, we generally just sit down with uh, John on the drums and myself on guitar and, and just try to make up some ideas, some musical sketches, maybe capture a mood, a feeling, and from those initial basic tracks, then we build, uh, say, the bass, or maybe some other arrangements, instrumentation, maybe some lyrics, um, 
And it's a gradual process. And then once we've kind of accumulated a whole bunch of material, like how, how much would you say over the course of this record? Well, this one, there was a lot, mm -hmm. which was great. Towards the end, there was 20 plus ideas to choose from. And that's really nice because then you have a broader palette and, and more diversity, you know. And sometimes we go in the studio and it's, you know, you're, you're creating something out of nothing. So at times we rely on, on the studio to help us out. We have mm -hmm. maybe drum machine or there's this wall of keyboards, of synthesizers. And, and um, so you start creating in that way from the, from the bottom up. But is it, isn't it, um, because you're touring a lot, you're, you're working a lot, isn't it sort of important to have like a starting date? Because when you, you probably do songs anyhow or do music anyhow when you're mm -hmm. traveling, when you're working, but is there this certain moment where you say, we're working on a new album now, or is it just come, comes along? I we, think you need the deadline. Yeah. Okay, okay, so you need something at the end. <laughs> you need yeah. the deadline, okay, and okay. then it's like, okay, now For we sure. gotta get going, because... Okay. So, but no starting point. Yeah, at some point you do have to say, oh, you know, Joey will give me the call and, and we'll head down to the studio. And in this case, we started in Tucson and, and we were working a lot with Sergio Mendoza, our keyboard player, and he's been working with us for about seven years now. So it's, there's a really good uh, relationship there, friendship there, and um, I think it was his idea with his, through his friend, uh, Roe, down in Mexico City that maybe it'd be a good idea to get out of town and spend about 10 days in Mexico City. And I, I kind of felt like that was the true beginning of the record. Okay. Because, you know, we're stepping out of town, our, our comfort zone, so to speak. And Okay. So, because it seems to me that traveling is a very important part, not only for you because you travel a lot, but yeah. also for the music, because when you listen to the records and you listen to many of them for a longer time, then it's always like, it's sort of like always going on, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's not like the, the hobo train, which is always like running, but it's, it's, there's a sort of like a movement in every record, not just because it's the songs move, but it's, yeah, there's travel in there. I think there's always been that too. I mean, from the beginning, when we first started making some recordings together in John's apartment in Tucson, You know, John was collecting not only vintage drums at the Chicago Music Store downtown in Tucson, but he also bought a marimba, an old accordion, and fixed that up. I, um, I have a cello, and I had a mandolin, and these instruments are not very rock and roll from, you know, the standard, <laughs> <laughs> standard pass, maybe in some, some bands in some places. But not only that, the instrumentation, but some of the direction, you know, kind of taking influence from the Mediterranean or Eastern Europe and recording ideas uh, on the very first album, Spoke. They kind of had this old world sensibility. I think that's something that's been always there in, in the thread of Calexico albums in the past, is just kind of having this other window to not just the Southwest United States, but around the world. Mm. The last album was called Algiers. You recorded it um, in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Um, and you, you mentioned Sergio, um, who, who came up with the idea to go to Mexico. So was it just because he had the idea or is it like, where can we go now? We, we need some inspiration from different places. So what actually is the inspiration from a place like Mexico City, like New Orleans? Is it musically to be heard on the, on the album or is it more the, the, the atmosphere of 
such a big city, such a chaotic city? Well, I think mostly it's to, to be in a place to create, um, knowing you have that block of time. Um, being in an amazing city like New Orleans or Mexico City, the, the, uh, that's kind of like the sugar on top that we get to, to explore these places, uh, you know, in the little bit of time that we're outside of the studio. Um, and, and it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's amazing to see Frida Kahlo House, which is only two blocks away from where we're recording. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and in the case of New Orleans, I mean, the city is steeped in musical history, so it kind of just oozes out and you... You have that in your mind, but when you're actually in the moment recording the song, you may not be thinking about that at all. It could be mm -hmm. just you're in that moment. And those are those moments when you, you try to capture uh, on the tape. And okay, so you're sort of like the transformation from what is outside goes through you <laughs> into the music? It can. Okay. Not so always. But. <laughs> and I, I love the hobo train. By the way, it's okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's it, something it fits. I think about a lot. I love. Okay, I yeah, love because crazy. it's it's like this. Yeah. Almost like always like the circus going on and on and on and yeah. something is changing all the time. So that's you the keep idea. Moving. Yeah. So by the way, um, because of changing, um, is there some sort of a red line in the album? Maybe by coincidence, when you sort of looked at it later on, oh. There's there are some links or is it um, just? There's lots of threads I think on this record and as in a lot of our our music because there is so much variety and styles of of songs and influences or language uh, instruments. Um, I think that you know John, you were saying that this album kind of reminded you in some ways in the character of Feast of Wire, which was back in 2003, in that each song drastically changed stylistically and. That's kind of like you know making your own you know radio station or, or even switching dials from song to song on the radio stations. And, um, lyrically, I think there's a lot of continuity and cohesiveness that kind of brings it all together. And um, like I mentioned earlier in regards to the title, a lot of the characters and a lot of the songs kind of reference a sense of um, perseverance or you know facing adversity or challenges and uh, finding a way, finding a way through it, around it, waiting, being patient. Uh, these may be experiences uh, internally, or they could be involving uh, an external environment or a community. And, uh, and it's really nice, too, for me, just to kind of share some of these songs, and especially from the vocals, having some friends sitting in, giving some of these other characters of these songs another dimension. So there's a lot of guests on this new record. You haven't probably heard the new record yet, I'm guessing. No, not yet. But there are many, many, <laughs> many guests on the album. You're very famous for having a lot of guests on albums and on tour, but, but how did it happen that so many people were involved? Did you just call them or did they call you? Hey, we want to be on the record? We just pretty much called them. I mean, Sergio really helped us a lot with that. He was, he was like, I mean, we have friends that have been on our, our past records, like Sam Beam, and, and so we were hearing his voice on Bullets and Rocks, and that was a pretty easy and obvious choice. And Amparo Sanchez, a friend of ours that we've been working with for many, many years, and, but, you know, Sergio is like, well, what about Nico Case? You guys worked with her, and she's <laughs> never been on any of your records. What about, 
We were like, well, I don't know. She has a time, and you know, we were a little bit more cautious about that. And, and he was like, well, just go for it. Just call her. You know? And that's what we did. And she did have some time to stop by. And, and she added a beautiful vocal on tapping on the line. And you know, it was just, let's give it a try and okay. see what happens. Yeah. There's yeah. also some other instances, too, where yeah. we're sitting in the studio and thinking, ah, it's, you know, it'd be nice to involve someone from, from Mexico. And, and through, uh, you know, again, Sergio and, and some connections through mutual friends, we were able to contact someone like Carla Morrison, who's singing on a song called Moon Never Rises. And uh, we didn't get the chance to meet her, but we sent tracks, and then she did some recordings, and she sent them back, which is nothing new, but it, it also is kind of exciting in that here's this surprise that's coming back to you. And here's your song, or our song, and with this new vocal, somebody who we've never met before. <laughs> but you, yeah. of course, we've, we're a fan of her music and we've seen her perform. Um, and she's very, you know, very popular, especially in the Northern Hemisphere and in Mexico. Or in the instance where there's friends of friends and they say, hey, you know, you should call up uh, Ben from Band of Horses. Okay, and so <laughs> he emailed me saying, hey, I heard you're trying to get a hold of me. And okay. I'm like, great, um, would you be interested in singing on a song? And, and he was really down to earth, and there was no other people involved. It was just he and I emailing back and forth, and it happened really quickly and really naturally, as if we were in the same town <laughs> hanging out, but we weren't. So that was Is interesting. Is it always working easy when you involve someone? Did it sometimes happen that the sort of which comes out of it wasn't like really good? And then what to say when Nico Case is coming and then you don't like the song? Probably it never happens. But right, um. yeah, no, I, for sure. And I think that we're all really, you know, down to earth and very, uh, uh, very grounded to say like, hey, if, if you're interested in still doing this, by all means do, because you're right, you know, Nico Case came to the studio and she had not heard the song. We tried sending it to her, but for whatever reason it didn't work. But she's, of course, very talented and a good friend and, and very honest herself. And she really liked it. She loved the, brig, the bridge section on the song, Tapping on a Line. And she was actually kind of cracking up at some of the lyrics, which I was happy to see, because they are kind of funny. The lyrics are um, uh, Indian summer, cold war skies, nervous drummers on overbooked flights. <laughs> <laughs> and she herself was a drummer, too. So I think yeah. that she kind of understood some of the, the humor in that. And uh, so it was nice. Yeah, sure, there's moments when, mm -hmm. like, there's sometimes, uh, well, we ourselves do a lot of collaboration and backing people up on their records, and we're very open to criticism and direction because it's their project. And, uh, and so I think we feel very much the same way in, in wanting them, guess, any guest, to feel comfortable in what they're contributing. And uh, there is one or two moments on this record when I said, hey, would you mind doing it one more time and trying it in a different way, just so we okay. have some more opportunity to, to blend what you're doing to the track. And in both instances, the artist was not in Tucson at the studio, so it wasn't that difficult, but you know, I, I did think, oh, maybe I shouldn't ask, but I thought, ah, it doesn't hurt. They can handle that. It was all very, very pleasant and polite, of course. So, um the, 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 the actual songwriting and recording happens, of course, in the studio, but it seems to me that sort of like the, the developing process of the song itself is also done in the studio, because normally people go to rehearsal rooms, prepare their songs, and then they spend a limited time in the studio because it's expensive. Right. So you have, 
it's it's different with you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's it seems like like I was saying earlier, we kind of rely on the song to tell us what to do next. It it creates a mood and mm -hmm. you know, not speaking for well, speaking for Joey, I, I know that he works on the lyrics, you know, at home or sometimes right there in the studio in the moment and so there's those those contrasts and uh, and then in the case of when the angels played Joey already had the lyrics and so he already had that in his head from Pieta Brown she wrote the lyrics and we were down in Mexico and he just launched into this song and I was like okay and and it was done one take okay. lyrics melody chords drum part and so you have that happening and then there's other times when it just, it really takes some time, and, and I feel like this record really, lyrically, really is one of our strongest, and mm -hmm. I feel like there was a lot of thought put into the lyrics, and, and Joey was working with his brother. Um, his name's John, too. <laughs> Us Johns, you know, we're, we're good collaborators. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, mm -hmm. and I'll let Joey talk some more about that, too. And you want to ask me about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I leave it up Very to the good, audience. Very good, <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole mix of, uh -huh, of, okay. of experiences about, you know, songwriting. Some are already ready to go. Some, well, a lot of times they're never ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And um, I like that excitement of, of kind of working on just capturing the mood of the music. And, and then that mood uh, and relying on the studio as part instrument kind of refers where we're going to go from there. And it probably also helps that you are working together since like, not since yeah, a very sure. long time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call it like it. Yeah, it so, helps. So you exactly know how the other one is like ticking and working. Sometimes. Okay, so not it's always. not, not no. always. Okay. Yeah. Let the mystery be is what, uh, <laughs> that's what they say. So we don't go too deep into that. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of, of playing music is that sometimes you don't need to talk about it. And I think I'd rather not hear somebody talk about what they think we're all doing in the studio. I don't want to hear that. I want to just play it. And once you hear it, you feel it, then you know. Mm. That's what I like. Should we do a little demonstration? We can all play instruments here on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's but true, it, though. It's, yeah. it's better. It's so much better if you, if you just don't talk about it. And I feel like that music <laughs> is... As you can hear? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we can talk about it here because we're not in the studio and... We're not writing a song right now. We're, yeah. we're just talking about it. So that's fine. And, but, you know, it would be really great if there was a drum set here. And I'd love to play some drums for you guys, but that's a lot easier for me. <laughs> Joey's going to play later. It's no beautiful. Drum set. <laughs> it's awesome. And, but, but the point being that, you know, we can go in there and besides just saying, hi, how was your day, we can just start playing music. And, and I think that, too, is part of a, a long relationship, you know, yeah. that mm -hmm. we respect the space, you know. So this is the ninth album you did together. Now it sounds so massive, nine records. Yeah, but it's it's massive. It's yeah. quite a long time. It's a yeah. long career. Yeah, how about that? A nice chunk. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> How'd that happen? You didn't have that kind of career in mind when you started, probably. <laughs> no, no. Just happy to get to play music and continue mm. to travel and, and you know, just as much as it's important to have a good uh, 
relationship in the studio with the, with the engineers and the instruments and, and tapping into what John keeps on talking about is that space and it's that, it's the vibe, it's a feel. And when we go on tour, that, that vibe is very much uh, part of a community and it's like playing in front of an audience regardless of where we are, what culture, what language. It's, it's tapping into, that, into the energy of the room and um, those, those experiences really kind of help to change and help the songs evolve. And that is exciting too. Mm -hmm. And then you know maybe we'll record a live show and make it available so that people can kind of see that development and evolution and, and to see the growth and it's a very living and breathing thing. So now the baby is born, it's not out yet in Germany, it will come in April. So um, what's the, when you're working and you have a deadline and then it's done, what's yeah. the feeling? Is it like, oh, thank God it's out now or it's, it's ready? Or are you sort of like, because when you're stuck for such a long time working on something, then you sort of like fall into like a big hole afterwards or is it not happening to you? It was interesting for me on this one, I, I, I don't live in Tucson anymore. I live in uh, El Paso, Texas, which is only five hours east, but only. still, yeah, <laughs> I know. But, you know, it, it was interesting because when we got done and we, were, we were, went through this long process of finding the sequence, I kind of allowed myself to really get, be disconnected to it. And, uh, and it was kind of a relief just to not listen to it for several days, maybe a few weeks even. And um, when I got back to Tucson to start rehearsing uh, for this show in Scotland, it was really exciting to hear the songs again and to hear them live um, and to watch Jacob play a trumpet line and a vibe line at the same time. Because <laughs> there's a lot of parts on the songs. And, and, it, and it was just, it was great to see them, them come together. And, um, and then we got the, to play in, in Scotland at the Celtic Connections. Mm -hmm. and, I was really uh, nervous about it, but Joey wrote the set list out with four brand new songs right in the beginning. And so we were all up there with our hearts like, dunk, 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 dunk. and, and uh, you know, are they going to like it or is it just going to fall apart? And, but they really liked it and we didn't fall completely apart. <laughs> yeah. we, got, we got it up off the ground. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. It was exciting. Yeah, for me, um, I disconnected from the songs in the summertime. I took a break and I didn't listen, I didn't work. I told myself that I was going to work on the records, but I just couldn't. And, um, and then we went on tour and we toured around Europe and we had a day off in Athens, Greece. And I was excited to kind of pull out a couple of the songs and have some local Greek musicians from this band, an amazing group called Takim, sit in on a song or two. And they were really inspiring and, and playing, um, there were about three of them. That played one played violin, one played an instrument called the kanun, which is kind of like a hammered dulcimer, and it's got a very dreamlike quality, um, similar to you know like the cimbalom and Romanian music. Um, and then there was a there was an instrumentalist who played bazooki and oud and several other variations on those mm -hmm. kind of instruments, and they were just remarkable. And it was exciting getting to watch them play just on their own, and then playing on our song. And it went so well that I said, hey, you want to play on another song? And so <laughs> I brought in a song that John had, uh, had initially written called Roll Tango. And 
there's a section where there's a solo, and I, I turned to the, the, the oud player, Thomas, and I said, do you just want to do a solo? Or, this is for you, what do you, you want to do? And he says, well, I could do a solo like this. It went, and it's like, wow, that's cool. And he goes, or I could do a melody. And I would stack all of my instruments, the canoon, and several violin parts. I'm like, oh, I like that idea. I like the wall of sound from Greece. And it's <laughs> phenomenal. And it will be included as a, as a bonus disc in a special edition that you can, hopefully you can find here in the record stores or online. And uh, that was a really exciting experience for me because again, you know, just it's a reminder of being in the moment and just using your ear, not so much trying to plan and organize what's gonna be, but just see what is happening now. And, uh, and then in walks Eric Burden. He was also at the same music festival and he was really impressed with what was going on. And I said, Eric, you want to sit in on the song? He goes, I got to go do a gig right now, but send it to me and I'll do it. <laughs> and so sure enough, uh, we connected later on. And uh, it was a big honor to have him be a part of the song and to kind of have this connection from you know many different places and, and styles all coming together. Uh, his wife is, is Greek, and so that's uh, also another connection, I think, to to this whole experience, and it was really fun getting to do that because we've always talked about going to Europe or coming here and playing. We have a lot of our gear stored here in Berlin, and um, so Berlin is like a second home for us. It'd be fun to you know to do our our Berlin record or something like that. But it was nice doing it in Greece <laughs> for a couple songs, and uh, okay. it's, it's fun doing that. What I always liked about Calexico is that, of course, you have a special Calexico sound, however you're going to sort of like to try to fix it. <laughs> but with every record, one could really feel that the, the, the urge always was to do something new. Even if it's small parts, it's, it's not... Probably you don't yourself want to be bored doing the same ever and ever again, but right. it, it gives... For the audience, it's always something like to, to discover this little parts where you say, oh, that's different. So it's like almost like a plaything, mm -hmm. even if it's, of, of course, honest business. But it's, yeah. I always like the idea, and especially on the new album, it's like you could feel like it's, um, there's a wideness going through. It's very relaxed in a way. Um, but it's always like these little things, ah, okay, they tried something. So is it like this, the impression, right? I think there's a lot of experimentation, definitely. And um, yeah, I think a lot of times, too, I notice when we're listening to playbacks, the motivation is we really satisfying ourselves in, first, I think. You know, it, I like the way this sounds. I like the way this flows. I like, um, I like the mood this is creating. And so just kind of going from there, you know, like I was saying earlier, it wasn't until way later, it was like, oh yeah, I hope people like this, you know? I mean, <laughs> ultimately, that's what you want, and hopefully people will like it. But in the studio, I'm not really thinking about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just really trying to um, catch the mood of the moment from the guitar, or if it's, if it's something um, Joey's singing, maybe. I have to catch a melody. You know, because really melody is the tempo, it is the, the mood, and sometimes there isn't a melody there, so I have to find it in the guitar. And, and, and I really have to, so I'm not thinking about the end result at that moment. 
So it's really exciting at this point right now to hear people's reactions from the from the music and, mm. and to talk to people about it. Yeah. It's pretty neat. You know, we're lucky that we get to work a lot at Wave Lab Studio in downtown Tucson. Um, it's a fantastic place. Craig Schumacher owns the studio, and the engineer, Chris Schultz, is um, very integral into making things happen for us. And not only that, those guys are always finding, discovering, buying, trading new instruments, new gadgets. And um, one of the instruments that is new to this record is this little toy keyboard. It's called a Kritari, or it's made by Kritari. And um, it's like 250 bucks. And everyone that came in the studio fell in love with it, you know, and wanted to buy one and take one home. I took one home to my kids. It's just got buttons and little knobs, and you can make noise. <laughs> and so you'd be sitting there in between takes and listening back, and someone would pick up this annoying thing and start doodling with it and playing with it. And like, oh, you know, and I was very guilty of this. And then you'd have this instrument on just about every song. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like looking at each other like, there's that thing Is it again. good? Should we keep it? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a computer. We have limitless tracks. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> we got to sift through that later, you know. But it was fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And WaveLab is really um, an important part to, to our connection to the music and the recording experience. Because sometimes you go to a studio and it's empty. And it feels like you're, you know, in an empty place. And... It's nice to look at instruments to be inspired when you're recording and just sitting there hour after hour after hour or have you know sunlight coming through is really nice. And um, I'm, I'm constantly trying to push for new ideas. I, I need new ideas. Okay. I don't want to, if I feel like I've repeated ourselves, then I'm like, all right, scratch that. Let's just try something else. And, um, and even my wife, Nova, sometimes she's like, that song sounds a lot like Blackheart. Are you gonna put that out? Like, I, I think it's kind of cool. John likes it. He goes, it sounds like Blackheart. <laughs> like, okay, well, I'll just push it over here. But, you know, and I love that. I love the feedback from, from family, friends. And, of course, Sergio is there, too. And he's, um, you know, he's kind of encouraging us in some ways. And, and his involvement was really gradual and, and natural as well, just kind of like how the ideas unfolded that there would be a lot of guests on the record. And... Um, and so we're, we really owe a lot of gratitude to him for just being there, especially when John couldn't be there at the studio every day. And, and you know, it helps to have someone there to bounce off ideas. And, and it was interesting to see what kind of ideas he would come up with, yeah. whether it be in Tucson or in Mexico City. And like, well, that sounds a lot like, you know, Minister Cobre. Are you sure you want to <laughs> do that? I mean, it's fun. We're in Mexico City, and, and his friends are looking at us like, what you doing, Ming? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? But it's just, it was just fun. It was just, you just let go of the, the critic inside and just enjoy playing music. And then good stuff eventually kind of rises to the top and you kind of use, you go with what's best at the end of the day. And at the end of the day or at the end of the year, we had a lot of material. And out of that, there's 20 songs, 12 on the record. There's eight bonus tracks that are floating around somewhere in space. And uh, we're really, it's really exciting. John, what were you saying? You wanted to put all of the songs out at one point. Yeah, at one point, I was like, yeah, let's just put them all out there, and then our fans can choose their own sequence, the songs they like. But, you know, it's, that's like a, an, an, an idea, you know? I okay. don't know how feasible <laughs> it would be to do that, but it was just kind of fun to think about that because... Um, 
we, we really liked them all and wanted them all to be out there. But, you know, we grew up with listening to vinyl and you have a side A and a side B and that's a really beautiful way to make a record. You know, you have this little break where you have to turn the record over and it kind of like is opening up a new chapter, you know, in the book. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was really important for us to kind of stick to that and, and um, I thought it turned out pretty great. And I think the bonus record will be a, a real treat. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you have that happening too. You know, and we were talking about it earlier in the studio. You know, Sergio, he has this way of uh, presenting an idea that doesn't sound like it's the end of the world if it doesn't get used. You know, it's you're in the you're in this process and you're trying so many things. You can't take it personal if you know, your idea sucks, you know, and you just have to let it go. <laughs> but you have to learn that, that you, you do. don't take that personal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a, a part of being in a band is mm -hmm. really like a relationship. And, and as we know, relationships with families and wives, and it's, you really got to watch what you take personally. You got to, you know, just back off, take a breath, and that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for sure, and that's, that's also, that helps going on tour because yeah. you're all in, you're a, in, in a van bus. or in a bus or you know, in a backstage room and you're just around each other. So you learn how to take, take pause or take breaks and, and create space, whether it's just reading a book or breathing or you and Sergio do a lot of running. Saved my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I highly suggest it. If you're on the road, just take off running. As I said, movement. Yeah, yeah big part. sure. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. one could hear that you're really satisfied with the album, and that's quite great. So now it's up to you, and it's up to you now to ask them questions. We have microphones, so please wait for them to come and probably just raise your hand. It's too bad arm. we can't play them some some snippets or something, so they could kind of hear it. Yeah. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Okay. Yeah? <laughs> so, is there any question? There must be a question. Okay, here vorne. It's nice I can recognize some people here today. Thanks for coming to our, <laughs> to our conversation. And thanks for supporting us um, in concert for all these days and years and things. It's really lovely to hear you guys talk. Um, I've seen you in many different places in Minneapolis and New York. And I just got my tickets for the November concert here. So that's really exciting. Thank you. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I really love is you've talked a lot about your collaborations on the albums themselves and in the studio and a lot of people you work with there. But like one of the most memorable things for me at your concert in the Lincoln Center was that at some point there was, I think, 15 people on stage and you introduced people as like, oh, this is a violinist we met in Ireland and now they're joining us. And I just wanted to hear like, how do those connections happen? How do people just end up on tour with you? I'm not trying to join your tour, but <laughs> how does that happen that, that suddenly there's all these people that are traveling with you? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good thank question. you, it's a great question and I mean, I keep hearing this word open. I, I, I feel like there's a, an openness to our approach and and I think we're pretty friendly and um, it's really a lot of fun to play in this band and so I think that's kind of attractive and and um, there, there's space for improvisation and, and we're not so worried about um, messing up you know and making a mistake or if something falls it's it's okay it's it's music and and a lot of times the mistakes are 
the funnest part, and um, maybe pick, other musicians pick up on that and are, uh, are happy to be with us. We're happy to have them. Could be a story, you know, the violinist from Ireland or, or the band that you toured with or met backstage at a festival or somebody you saw on the street. They have character. You know, they have story. And, um, and sometimes that really helps out a lot. Um, I noticed, too, when we've been on tour as either a five-piece or a six-piece, now a seven-piece, um, you know, and everyone's pretty serious and they're doing their thing. And then all it takes is just, you know, one guest to hop up on stage to enter in a new dynamic. And then it's exciting for all of us on stage, as it is, I think, for the audience, too. When you see us and we're not in our element or maybe I... I can't read the set list, or I decide just to go with a new song or make up something, and then you see people kind of scramble, look around at each other. They like it. I mean, they yeah. may you know, say like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know that was happening, but I think the audience picks up on it. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to see or feel, and that's a human moment. Like John was saying, it's mistakes are okay, and I think with this kind of music and the shows that we do live or the, the records we make, there's that element involved in it's a good reminder, I think, for, for all of us in life. And those are the kind of things that I'm drawn to, whether it be a street musician or another band or, or looking at paintings or watching a dance piece or reading a book. It's that, you know, conveying a certain kind of character. And it's hard because there's so much today. There's so much kind of, you can find everything anywhere. And, uh, but those certain voices or, or instruments or ways people perform that really touch you, that you want to like, for me, I want to like show my friends how cool this person is or this artist or this band or this new song or whatever it may be, you know, so you, it's kind of part, you know, like a house party or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it really gets addicting. I have to just say one time we were playing at the Paradiso in Amsterdam and Joey had invited Amparo Sanchez to join us and when she came out on stage, she was dancing this dance. I mean, it was like I could see the energy just, it, it, it came, she came out on stage, I could see the energy go through all of us on stage and then just go through every single person in the entire mm -hmm. theater. It was just, it's so exciting when that happens, you know. And, um, so we want it to happen more, <laughs> you know, invite more people. <laughs> and what do you play? <laughs> <laughs> That's your entrance. <laughs> okay. So, are there more questions? Here in the front. Um, I'm Holger. Um, I'm a big fan from you both, from your band, and from the whole Tucson scene, from all these musicians and bands in Tucson, Arizona. It's uh, it's awesome. And. Um, your first show here in Berlin, in Heimathafen, is for a long time sold out. My question is, give it a show in April, a second show in April here in Berlin for all these fans here in this city. <laughs> Boy, that would be nice. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting sometimes the, the way in which um, we plan and design a tour. Um, I think the idea is to come back, and like you were saying, you have a ticket at the Columbia Halle show in November. We've had a lot of fond memories of playing all over Berlin, sometimes in apartments, 
um, sometimes uh, in clubs. Um, Columbia Hall definitely stands out as a really unique place. We've never played Heimathafen, and I'm looking forward to that. And I think it's nice to kind of change it up sometimes too, with like playing an intimate setting. And that's what I was thinking when we were talking earlier about, you know, here we're talking about the, the recording and how it's just John and I, and that y you don't really get to hear that kind of stripped down version of the songs. And it would be nice to do that, um, mm -hmm. maybe at a small venue or in somebody's backyard or something, I don't know. But uh, so I'm, you know, sometimes I like playing the smaller venues just to kind of have that initial immediacy and intimacy with, with an audience and also with the songs that are just kind of starting to take shape because even though, yeah, we've recorded the songs, we're learning how to play them as an ensemble and we're learning how to share them with an audience. And so it's gonna be exciting to see what happens. And uh, so thanks for being patient with us and, and hopefully we'll get to see you again in November. It'll probably be a different show is my guess. We try to make those kind of, you know, shows much much more different and uh and thanks too for talking about the tucson music scene i mean it's it's a fabulous and a, an incredible area the sonoran desert and especially you know southeast arizona is a, is really yeah we love it and we love all the people there. there's a lot of great music and um like sergio mendoza has a group a lot of the guys in the band have musical projects and are extremely talented in their own right and all of our friends in and around Tucson, too. Thank okay. you, thanks, good to see you. Okay, so, thank you very much. Thank you, Larissa. For being here yeah. and coming back <laughs> and giving <laughs> yeah. us such a nice record, which yeah. comes out in April and is very worth listening to. Thank so, you. thank you very much. Thank yeah, you, Joey and John. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.